Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, July 26, 2016, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We still have spots open for our Starseed Crystal Quest to Arkansas in October, between the 16th and the 22nd. This is a soul group reunion, so only those with at least one of six star markings are eligible to attend, namely 25, 26, or 27 degrees in Taurus, Scorpio, Capricorn, Cancer, Aquarius, and Leo. Each group that has come before has escalated the energies there, enabling each subsequent group to take it higher for the planet and for personal empowerment as well. If you feel the call of the crystals and aren't sure if you have the required markings, I'll be happy to take a quick look at your charts and let you know. Just send me your complete birth info with the date, the exact time, the place of birth, and your current location, and send it to crystals, that's plural, crystals at starseedhotline.com. Our special guest this evening is internationally published author Michelle Gordon, who is joining us from England. Michelle has been writing about the spiritual realm for 20 years, and it started with poetry and short stories about ghosts and life after death, and has grown to novels about angels and fairies, alternate dimensions, and parallel universes. Five years ago, (coughs) Michelle published her first novel in the Earth Angel series, the Earth Angel Training Academy, and there are now six books in that series, and she has four individual novels in the Visionary Collection. Michelle is an independent author and has readers all over the world, many of whom have experienced positive shifts as a result of reading her books. Michelle also has a business which assists other independent authors get published. You can check out her YouTube channel, and her website is michellegordon.co.uk. Excuse me. The August Harmonic Starseed Gathering in Arkansas will be August 19th through the 21st and is open to all starseeds. And the focus this time will be on Atlantis and Lemuria with special guest um, Tom Moore. The reservations are filling fast, so please email Tammy at starseedhotline.com for more details. And Tammy is T-A-M-M-I-E. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. I would like to thank Vanya and Fiona for hosting the switchboard this evening for any listeners that may have a comment or question for Michelle. If you'd like to chat with like-minded people, we have an online starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other starseeds thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download any show in our archives on iTunes or right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page using the cloud with an arrow icon. We'd appreciate your support of our show, and you can do that by clicking follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notices so you know what's coming up. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. 
For those who need healing of any kind, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will help. If you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And then if you want a stage two interpretation of that chart, please remember to order it at least two or three months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So first this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her wonderful Starseed News. Take it away, Anastasia. Good Good evening, Ariel. (laughs) Hello, Starseed listeners. Great to be back. Well, we've had a chance of solar storms today. NOAA forecasters say that there's a 45% chance of G1-class geomagnetic storms today from a high-speed stream of solar wind that's expected to hit our Earth's magnetic field. They say the outskirts of the CME might deliver a glancing blow at about the same time. So there we are. The sun's woke up again. It's um, It's been very, very quiet. They've said we're in a solar minimum. But at the moment, uh, there's some activity going on up there. And in Hawaii, we've had four earthquakes that have uh, uh, struck. Uh, that happened on Friday and late Thursday. Uh, three were in the area of the Kilauea volcano. Uh, the first earthquake hit that had a magnitude of a 2.5 happened last Thursday. The second was a magnitude uh, 2.7 that happened on Friday, followed by two more on Friday. They had a magnitude 3 point and a fourth quake with a magnitude of 4.3. Meanwhile, the lava flow is extending southeast and remains active according to the Hawaiian Volcanic, uh, Volcanic Observatory. And in North Carolina, we've had uh, earthquakes. Um, An earthquake shook parts of North Carolina near the Virginia border in the Wilkes County region on Saturday night. It was a 2.4 magnitude quake, according to the USGS. This particular quake happened just two days after a 1.9 magnitude earthquake struck on Thursday in another area of North Carolina. There were no reports of damage. And, of course, we've probably all been familiar with the wildfires, which are occurring in California. Um, The wildfire in Monterey County, California, is growing now to more than 10,000 acres. Um, Residents have been prompted to evacuate. Uh, Crews are continuing to battle it. Most recent news indicates that maybe the fire is uh, slowly coming under containment. There are about 10 wildfires burning around the state of California, including the sand fire in Los Angeles County. So anyway, they are really under, under the gun there with all of those fires, some of them pretty fierce. And uh, they have discovered a brand-new megathrust earthquake fault. It's an enormous fault uh, inside the Earth's crust. It's covered by millions of tons of sediment in one of the world's most densely populated areas that scientists are saying could uh, just do damage and harm to tens of millions of people. Researchers have placed hundreds of highly accurate GPS receivers in locations across India, Bangladesh, and Myanmar, and have monitored them over a 10-year period. Now the scientists are becoming worried that the location of this megathrust fault is right under that area of high population density. And they say that it would be very simple for it to release a nine-point magnitude earthquake at any minute. The scientists uh, from Columbia University have published their findings about this megathrust fault in the journal Nature. 
Wow. So, and you know, we they have a great many earthquakes in that region of the world. India has just been beset. But here is the finding about this uh, new megathrust fault. I, I'm having a little difficulty with my vowels this evening. <laughs> but we'll get there. <laughs> oh, some days are better than others. Well, we have been having really cold weather in in uh, contrast to the really scorching weather in various parts of the world. It's been really, really hot here. It's been so hot where I live that um, it's just been wilting uh, plants, just extremely intense heat indexes of 105 or more. With the high humidity, it's just really, really difficult. But in certain parts of the world, they're having a summer winter. And uh, in July, here it is now, the end of July, people in the Northwest Territories in Canada are having winter-like weather that's just um, pretty bad. Snow's been falling in at least uh, Northwest Territory communi- communities, and they say about five centimeters fell in Saks Harbor. That's in the north, northwest Canadian territories. And it's bro- breaking new records. <clears throat> the last record was hit in 1966 with only 3.3 centimeters of snow. So uh, they've topped that, um, and so it's quite a bit of snowfall fall in a number of years. Well, there's been a lot of talk about the Zika virus and mosquito-borne illnesses. Well, now, for the first time, scientists have shown that malaria-transmitting mosquitoes actively avoid on feeding, certain, feeding upon certain animal species, like chickens, for instance, and that mosquitoes use their sense of smell to target a potential dinner. Now, odors emitted by species such as chickens could possibly provide protection for humans at risk of mosquito-transmitted diseases. And this is a, uh, they have this study published in a book, uh, a malaria journal. So chickens, um, mosquitoes don't like chickens. So interesting, simple, rather uh, holistic discovery, I think. Interesting. Thought I ought to pass mm. that along to you. Yeah, uh, chickens really do smell awful. I would say <laughs> mosquitoes. <clears throat> yeah, mosqui- no, no wonder that mosquitoes don't like them. But maybe they'll come up with a repellent with chicken juice in it or something. I don't know. But they say it's very effective. All right. Well, we've had cold weather in uh, Brazil as well. Uh, Brazil's uh, suffering. Uh, record temperatures this month and cold waves that have damaged the coffee uh, uh, production. The Arabica coffee beans stand at a 36% loss, bananas at 70% loss. They've lost raisins and clementines in uh, 30% ratios. So crops across the planet suffering from various uh, climate change uh, problems, and certainly this is continuing. Coffee, bananas, <clears throat> excuse me, raisins, and clementines in Brazil. Well, here's a really interesting story I wanted to share with you. We all kind of like mummy stories, don't we? I do. I like anything to do with Egypt and all of that, and I know you guys do too. Well, Israel is now, uh, the National Museum in Israel is uh, set to display a 2,200-year-old Egyptian mummy of a man who was afflicted with some modern-day illnesses such as osteoporosis and tooth decay. Excuse me. Now, that's so interesting because science had assumed that these were strictly modern diseases, osteoporosis particularly. Well, they discovered the illnesses uh, that were in this mummy by using a CT scan. And they say that during his lifetime, the man was largely sedentary. 
He avoided manual labor in the sun and probably ate a carbohydrate-heavy diet. Now, the mummy is the only such relic in Israel, and they named it the protective eye of Horus after a pharaonic deity. Now, it was kept for decades at the Jesuit Institute in Jerusalem before it was loaned to the Israeli Museum. Now, it's going to be displayed for the first time starting tomorrow. Now, researchers have studied the mummy's remains earlier this year, and they discovered that this man was probably lived to the ripe old age of about 30 to 40 years. He was originally five foot six, but sometime in his lifetime or afterward, he'd shrunk to five foot one. They said that uh, his uh, lifestyle was that of a priest, uh, based on the inscriptions on his coffin. Now, they say the museum originally came from Akim, which is 300 miles south of present-day Cairo, and they said that they called him Alex, by the way. I don't know why they named him, but they did. That mm-hmm. Alex, this mummy, was encased in a gold and black coffin wrapped in strands of linen, and a gold mask was placed atop his face. So fascinating. Uh, an ancient person with modern diseases. You know, uh, what that proves is that many of science's assumptions about things are wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have such short-sighted uh, viewpoints about the expansive history and about many, many things. I read an interesting article recently about how we individually um, perceive reality through our biases and that really we don't know ourselves because we, we don't really own our thoughts and that much of what uh, the way we perceive reality and much of the way we think is simply uh, deep deeply encased computer programming. Well, the same is true for science. Um, Doing these stories for Starseed News, I'm constantly coming across the biases of science that later are uh, shown to be, well, in, you know, there are some of their assumptions, many of their assumptions are um, in question. So anyway, interesting story about the mummy. Well, here's a hoot. This is a funny story. Did you guys know, maybe you've heard about it, maybe not, a half-eaten hamburger led authorities to a Chicago man who acted as the getaway driver in a series of bank robberies in western Michigan over the last two years. Yeah, that's right, a half-eaten hamburger. I'll bet you already know what's coming. <laughs> the robber was sentenced Wednesday to 72 years and eight months in prison for the heist that he carried out with his 24-year-old half-brother. Well, while speeding away from one robbery, the robber tossed out a partially eaten hamburger from the vehicle, and investigators were able to pull his DNA from it, and that was what convicted him. Uh. So there you have it. (laughs) Now, incidentally, um, speaking of that, uh, as a sideline, you know, they've really discovered that um, DNA has been wrong. Some of those tests do prove to be wrong, so it's not totally reliable. Nevertheless... If any of you go out to rob a bank, just make sure not to toss out any chewing gum or hamburgers or whatever that you might have. <laughs> you know, make sure you uh, clean up after yourself or they'll find you. Okay. It's really odd, though, we're coming into such an age where this kind of science is becoming quite commonplace. Well, I um, I caught an interesting article um, out of Truckee, California. Uh, scientists have... Uh, 
found a rare wolverine in Sierra Nevada. Now, wolverines are really kind of homely animals, but they're very, very interesting. And the scientists have been following up on this rare wolverine in the Sierra Nevada. They set up cameras and they caught video of this animal. And they believe that the wolverine is the same one that they found eight years ago that was the first wolverine documented in the Truckee area since the 1920s. Now, wolverines are a member of the weasel family, and they look like a small bear with big claws, and they really do. And uh, they can be very ferocious if you corner them. But they were once found all throughout the Rocky Mountains and as far west as the Sierra. Now, only about 250 to 300 wolverines, they say, are now surviving in remote areas of Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. This is according to wildlife officials. They say that fur trapping during the early 1900s had wiped out the species in California. And now the warming planet trend is shrinking the deep mountain stoves that wolverine have needed to den. So uh, once threatened by hunting, now threatened by climate change, uh, wolverines are a diminishing species, and yet they have failed for some reason to make the endangered species list. I know not why. But uh, they really are quite scarce, and I thought that was an interesting story. Yeah. Well, the skies above New Hampshire have continued to dazzle with amazing and interesting unexplained phenomenon, and recently this has been continuing. There is a local filmmaker who recorded three unidentified flying objects, which he called pulsing orbs, in the night skies, and he's posted this raw video on his Facebook site. There have been quite a few uh, sightings also elsewhere other than just New Hampshire, but if you live in that area and you've had sightings, I would appreciate an email from you to Anastasia uh, at uh, starseedhotline.com. I would like to follow up on this. Um, so send me an email. And uh, that's about it for tonight's news, Ariel. It's going to be a wonderful show. I looked at our guest website. Lovely. Interesting books and uh, very sweet person. It's going to be great. Looks it like is. really good reading. Absolutely. Well, Anastasia, thank you so much for bringing us the Starseed News. As it's always, my, very interesting. It's my pleasure. <laughs> okay. okay. We'll catch you sweetie. all next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, uh, Lavendar, let me get your mic open here. Just take a second. Okay, Lavendar, we are here with Michelle Gordon, and um, we are ready to go. Okay. Michelle, you there? Hi there. Yep, I'm here. Hello. I I really adore your work. I, I looked at your website, and I can tell that you've been a busy, busy girl. So I wanted to ask you to first start tell us a little bit about you as a child when did you become psychic? Give us some stories about things that you've experienced, maybe in high strangeness. We have a very awake audience, so there's nothing that you can say that will shock anybody. So just take it away. <laughs> That's always good to know. I, I, yeah, I'm always a little bit careful about uh, what I say in front of some people. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I was quite awake as a very small child. Um, I realized years later that at the age of, three or four I was having I was astrally traveling astrally as I slept um you know I'd be flying around my house and <laughs> around my garden and going off on trips and um and at, actually when I was 15 months old as well I had a an out-of-body experience when um I was very ill in hospital and 
they were, you know, they were quite worried. And I remember it all because I was floating around watching the whole thing. Um, so there was a lot of, there was a lot of things that happened as, when I was really young, um, which I can see now that I was awake then, but I experienced some of the lower energies that were around and those lower energies caused me to shut down because I couldn't really, there was nobody I could talk to about it at that age. Um, so around the age of around three or four, I did start to shut things down a little bit so that I could protect myself. Um, and then it wasn't until I was probably around sort of 10 or 11, I started to, um, I started to channel writing. I started to write poetry um, and I was writing short stories as well. And that continued through my teens, but I still, I was still quite asleep in some ways. It's just that through my writing, I was I was bringing through messages. So, so how old were you when you published your first book? So, um, well, the first I wrote my first novella, which is called Heaven dot com, when I was fifteen, sixteen, and I published the first edition of that uh, when I was twenty two, I think. Um, and that was when, um, you know, publishing industry had started to change. Kindle had come in and print on demand had started up. And, um, but then I, I wrote, uh, the Earth Angel Training Academy in 2009 when I was 25 and I published that then two years later. Um, so five years ago, that was, uh, that was when the first full length novel came out. So let me ask you about your parents. Were they... Uh, supportive of your psychic abilities, or ca- tell me a little bit about how how they responded to who you uh, are on the planet. Well, it's an interesting one. My mom's always my mom has been always been my angel because she's always loved me unconditionally and supported me no matter what I do. Um, and she's she's got you know healing abilities herself, but she you know she sort of uses them when she needs to. But she's you know she's open. Um, to what I do and she's always been supportive but she's never been interested in pursuing it herself Um, my dad was always an interesting one me and my dad never really got on very well when I was younger but he did um, admit to me at one point that he'd had a lot of experiences himself with you know having out-of-body experiences and he was an amazing healer as well growing up if we ever had a headache or a stomach ache or he would move the pain out of our bodies um and he never you know admitted to being a healer but that's exactly what he was um and now he's very much into spiritual things he's very you know much more into the magic um and is quite is quite a lot more open about that now but it did take some take, take quite some time um for him to be able to speak about that so, do you have any brothers and sisters Yep, I have one of each. <laughs> um, they're both older. And um, again, you know, it, we didn't, well, me and my brother got on quite well as when we were younger. Me and my sister always clashed, and now we're very, very close. Um, she actually is my graphic designer for my book covers, um, and she's been very supportive of the work that I've been doing. And also with my other clients as well, she designs covers for my, my publishing clients. Right. So, um, but the funny thing is, is that we only really started to get on when we realized that, you know, we were earth angels, that, you know, I identified with being an old soul and she identified with being a star person. Um, and when we kind of understood 
our origins, if you like, we started to get on much better. Well, that's great. So could you elaborate a little bit for our audience exactly what are Earth Angels? So Earth Angels is like the umbrella term for um, people who in their previous lifetimes were angels or fairies or mermaids or star people from other planets. And the Earth Angels are here in human form to help with the spiritual awakening, to help to take us into the Golden Age. So Earth Angels typically feel like they've come here for a reason. They have a purpose. They want to help the world on a global scale. And they just really, really want to help people to wake up and to realize you know, their purpose as well. So that sounds the like the types. definition of starseed. That's kind of what yeah. we do. Everything exactly. you just mentioned. It's just, yeah, it's just different terms for the same thing, I think, really. Yeah, right. So share with us a little bit about the process of how your training academy was created. So when I came to write the Earth Angel Training Academy, it was, um, yeah, it was because I, I discovered the idea of Earth Angels and I identified with it. And I had always wanted to be a writer. That was always what I wanted to do from from about the age of eight eight years old. And I I figured that you couldn't just expect an angel or a fairy or a star person to come into human form to be on Earth without some kind of training beforehand. And the idea of this training academy on the other side um, existing to teach them how to be human um, just seems like quite an interesting idea to, you know, to explore. And when it came to actually writing it, when I sat down to start writing it, it just it just channeled through me and the the book was written within two months. The story was just there. I didn't I don't really feel like I made it up. <laughs> I don't feel like I, you know, created it from my own imagination. I feel like it came through um from memories, um, that it was actually what happened before we got here. And to kind of back that up, if you like, I've had quite a lot of people who have read it who remember being there. And I've met many, many of the of the characters in the book. They are people with the same names, the same personality, the same characteristics as the as the characters in the book. Oh, that's interesting. So um, you've had some experiences with fairies, right? Do you have a fairy story that you could share with us? Um, wow, yeah, I have a lot of um a lot of fairy friends. <laughs> um and I love fairies because they're so spontaneous and fiery and um, I suppose, yeah, for me, just being around the fairies really lightens up the energy. I mean, I have, a, you know, I had a fairy friend who, you know, she would just do things randomly. She rang me up one morning and said, you know, do you want to go on a road trip to Scotland? And I was like, well, yeah, sure. But when? She's like, oh, in an hour. <laughs> um, and we literally just packed up the car and an hour, a couple of hours later, we were driving to Scotland for, for no particular reason. Um, and I've always said about how fairies are very light on their feet and another fairy friend of mine, we went climbing up this uh, this hill that was very gravelly and I was wearing walking boots because, you know, sensible and my friend was wearing ballet slippers and she just danced her way to the top of the hill while I was still struggling um, at the bottom and yeah, fairies, you know, they've always been in my life, always been around me to try and lighten the, the mood basically and to 
to remind me to lighten up, I think. <laughs> um, and my my favorite character in the books is a, is a fairy. She's a fairy called Arya. And, you know, she's just, she's more interested in, you know, having fun, playing games and where the snacks are um, than actually having to deal with the sort of the heavier stuff that's going on on the planet. And, um, yeah, to me that encapsulates what the fairies are here for. Now, do you do tours there in England if, if people want to come over and and have you take them to sacred sites? Do you do that? Um, no, I don't, but I do have a very good friend who lives in Glastonbury that does do that. Okay. Um, her name is uh, Meredith, and um, I'm sure it's called the Divine Light Tours, and they take people. Are you still there? Hello? She dropped off. Um, Needs to call well, back in. The mic is still open. Let me, uh, I've got, because because Michelle is, is calling from England, and um, I just found out today that the the Skype feature is not working, so we had to have an alternate way for her to call in. So let me just uh, text her right now and tell her to uh, call back. Okay. Uh, just hang on a second. I'm typing. Okay. So, well, while we're waiting for Michelle to get back, um, you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the weekender that's coming up in August? Okay, I can do that. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a, a, a really good gathering. Um, you know, focused on Atlantis and Lemuria, and the, talk about the connection between Atlantis and Arkansas. Yeah, I think that uh, Tom Moore um, has written an excellent book, uh, Atlantis and Lemuria of Lost Continents, and he's going to be our our speaker um, for for the weekend. And I think it's going to be very very interesting to for him for him to bring the correlation of how the crystals of Atlantis and the crystals of Arkansas have something in common. And, uh, of course, we love going up on Fisher Mountain, and uh, Fisher Mountain is just one of those pristine places where it, it's different than the other commercialized uh, crystal places. It's it's very peaceful. It's where a lot of Indians had come and, and, and done some ceremonies and a, a lot of work from past times. So Fisher Mountain is one of our favorite places to be. So if you if you have the calling, if if your name is on it, then August 19th through the 21st, then join us. And if you're interested, be, be sure and email Tammy. That's T A M M I E at StarseedHotline.com. So okay, well, yet? perfect. Michelle is Michelle is back. So let me get the mic open. Okay. Uh, it's spinning, spinning. Okay, Michelle, you're back. I am. I don't know what happened. It just faded out. Yeah, well, you're back now, and that's the important <laughs> thing. So, um, you were talking about um, Glastonbury. Yes, yes yeah, I I... if you had if you were doing tours or anything like that, and you said your friend was um, doing some tours there. But I wanted to ask you more about you just returned from the U.S. and Canada from your Angel um, Earth Angel book tour. And it looks like you're cel- you've been celebrating a five-year anniversary of this training. Can you uh, share with us some of your memories and moments and experiences that you've had this summer? 
Um, yeah, it's it's funny actually. I mean, we got it back about a week ago, and I'm still kind of processing all the things that happened. But there are a few things that you know, a few people that I met, and and things that happened that just were quite magical, really. I mean, probably my favorite place of the whole tour was um, Sedona. Um, I've been wanting to visit Sedona for a long time, and um, I, even though we were there for literally about a day, day and a half. Uh, I managed to visit Bell Rock and sit at the at the base of Bell Rock, and the energy there was was quite incredible. Um, and I I actually find it quite hard to meditate. I I don't find it comes naturally to me. But as soon as I sat down on the rock, I was just I was somewhere else. <laughs> um, and that was that was pretty amazing. Um, and then the people that I met at different places, I think. One of my the best things for me is when people come along to hear me talk, and they kind of not. There was one lady that said that she she turned up and she didn't really know why she'd come because she didn't really believe in anything, like anything spiritual or anything at all. And by the end of the talk, she said, "I, I believe now. I believe in something. You know, I believe that there's more to life than you know than what I thought there was." and um, and there was somebody, uh, there was a couple that came uh, to talk in Sedona, and they hadn't actually come to hear me speak. They'd come to hear um, my co-host speak, and they, yeah, by the end of it, they were just like, "Wow, this is amazing!" They've, I think, they're on like the fifth book in my series so far, um, because they just really resonated with the information, and um, yeah, it's, it's experiences like that that are just really magical. Um, who was your co-host? Who, who who was the co-host with you? He um, is Robert Tremblay. He's written a book called Twenty Seconds, and it's about his near-death experiences. And um, he was, yeah, he's an incredible soul as well. So it was really good to be able to uh, to host an event with him. So send me some information about him because maybe we'd like to have him as a guest on our show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's um, his book is. It's really quite fascinating. The uh, the things that he's been through is just, yeah, a little bit mind-boggling. But um, but yeah, his his book's brilliant, and he is just, well, he's just a shining light for people who have been in the same sort of situation as he has. And um, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely send you some information. Yeah, great. When you when you uh, have looked through the lens of the fairies, are you are you thinking about maybe doing children's books or? movies for children or uh, maybe just uh, a full-length feature about fairies have you thought about that well it's funny I um just before the tour uh back in April I, I actually started writing um the first book in a series that I'm going to do for children there they're going to be shorter novels uh for children around sort of 30,000 words and um the first one was about fairies and was actually set mostly in Glastonbury and in Wales. So, um, and it's about a little girl who is given a, a magic fairy door that takes her to the uh, the elemental realm. So, yeah, I want to write more for children. And in fact, this weekend, it was also suggested that there really aren't any fairy stories for boys. Oh. Which is not really something that I'd thought about before. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's, I want to explore different different ideas and that's one of the things that I love about writing is that you can explore these different concepts and ideas and 
and for all different ages as well. I mean, the Angel Training Academy has had some pretty young readers, and um, but I know that the rest of the series isn't necessarily suitable because there is some language in there just to warn people. <laughs> so do you do you have clients that you talk to from Skype all over the world? Do you do sessions with people? Yeah, I have um I have been doing um oracle card readings, intuitive readings um for people um yeah, wherever they are because obviously through Skype you can talk to anybody. Um and I've done some in person as well. So, yeah, and and they're mainly just tapping into you know what's going on with uh, with the person and what they need to hear in that moment to make a decision or um to see if they're on the right path. Um but it's it's an intuitive reading whatever comes through to me, I will uh, I will pass on to them. So you you were up in Canada. What part of Canada did you visit? Uh, we visited Toronto and Vancouver. Okay. So we one end and one end to the other, basically. Okay. So how long were you gone from from the UK? Uh, we were over there for nine weeks in total. Oh wow! So it was, yeah, it was quite a long trip. I uh, so I went I went with my mom and uh, so we, we you know we had quite a good time together um we visited a lot of quilt stores as well because my mom does a lot of sewing quilting and patchwork so we had to we had to visit all the fabric stores we could find (laughs) (laughs) you happen did you happen to see the grand canyon while you were in in arizona yeah we drove so we were staying with robert in uh, mesa in phoenix and we drove all the way to the grand canyon and we we stayed on the on the southern rim of the canyon um and it was amazing. We watched the, the sunset and then we watched the sunrise the next morning. So we like got up at four AM to watch the sunrise and it was it was incredible. I've not really experienced anything like that before. It was uh you know, yeah. I, I can't wait to look at my photographs actually. I haven't even had a chance to look at my photos yet. So Yeah, that's an incredible experience. So where else did you travel to? Um so we went to um New York City. We went to um, so Sedona and Tucson in Arizona. We went to L.A. Um, and then we drove all the way from Medford in Oregon all the way up to Seattle. Um, so we drove around the Washington Peninsula, which was really amazing as well. Um, and then we ended up in Vancouver. So we've seen some pretty incredible scenery and uh, met some amazing people along the way. So it's uh, it's been a really good trip to make connections with people and to just to yeah have a lot of experiences, <laughs> um, which like I said, you know some of them I'm still processing. And I, I do plan to do a blog series about the trip and about all the things that we experienced. I bet you also activated a lot of people because I have a feeling that your electromagnetic energy just kind of goes around and and activates those that are asleep. I think you wake them up just by your presence, don't you think? Yeah, well, like I said, there was quite a few people who were just like, you know, I just didn't get it, and, you know, talking to me or hearing me speak or, yeah, just connecting with me has helped them to kind of open up to new possibilities. And that's that's really why, you know, I'm writing the books and, and getting them out there is because I want people to be to become more open to different ideas and to the and to the yeah the concepts of you know we've come here from another planet to help people awaken and it's you know at least through the books being in a fictional way they're fun you know it's about bringing a bit more joy and fun to life as well 
So now you've you've launched an online version of the Earth Angel Trading Academy, where people can take courses and classes online, similar to those in your book. So what are some of the subjects and topics that our audience can learn more about by enrolling in this academy? So the uh, yeah the online Earth Angel Training Academy has classes based on the classes in the book that the angels and fairies take to learn how to become human. So I've taken the same subjects, but I've written them from the point of view of you're an earth angel, you're on earth, you're in human form, and these classes will help you in these different areas. So there's Remembering 101, which helps them to remember who they are, what earth angel they are, so it goes through the different types of earth angel. There's um, Communication 101, which talks about how different earth angels communicate with one another and how to make it easier to communicate honestly and transparently um there's emotions 101 which goes through releasing past emotional baggage which some earth angels have a lot of it um and then there's the other topics are death manifestation free will and awakening so the subjects really are to help people to awaken to their mission to um to remove any fears they have around death um and also then how to manifest the life that they want to live. So what are some of the things that you'll be working on in this coming year that our, that our listeners can stay tuned uh, with you throughout the year? What are some of the things that are coming up for you? So um, by Christmas there will be a new book in the Earth Angel series, uh, which I know some of my readers are waiting very patiently for, Um because usually I, I publish two books a year, and obviously with the tour this year, there'll probably only be one book this year that I'll be publishing. Um, I'm writing the series for children. I do plan to, and I'm going to say this on, on radio so that I've got this on record, I am going to do this. Um, I'm going to record the audiobook versions of the books as well, because oh, I've been asked many, many times for the audiobook versions, and I just haven't actually got them recorded. Um, and I've also got... Um, a plan for a way to, well, it's hard to explain it, but I've got an idea that would help um, independent authors, spiritual authors, to each um, help to promote each other, um, which is something that I feel quite strongly about, that we need to collaborate and connect with each other to to get our work out there because we're all essentially trying to help wake people up. But let's talk some more about that because I know that we have a lot of listeners that are authors. And that are and that are working on their books. So, if there's anything you can say to them right now um, to give them encouragement or have them contact you if you're putting together some authors that they would like to hear more about that. Yeah, sure. It's um, yeah. So basically, my idea um, will be completely free. It's going to be a, a collaborative effort, and the idea will be to um, to basically yeah to give our time not much time, but a little bit of time each week to help to promote each other. And I've got a structure in mind that um, that your viewers will probably quite enjoy because it has a bit of a, a sort of starseed feel to it. Um, and, yeah, the idea is to sort of utilize each other's networks to get the word out there and to get our books out there. So if they want to um, get in touch with it, they can get in touch with me through my website to find out more. I will be putting – it is a project that's – forefront in my uh, in my to-do list at the moment and I will be putting it together um very soon because I think it will actually help a lot so do of you have like because... a radio show that you do over there in England like we do here um what personally or 
I mean, do you? I mean, like we're on every Tuesday. Do you have something that you're on every every week over there? Um, no, but I have been invited to be a part of something, um, a radio show, but that's that's in New York. It's either in New York or Toronto. I forget which one. <laughs> um, and that'll be a regular thing. So that'll oh, be coming be up great. in the next Then month. all your authors can, different ones can come on your show. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So what else can you share with us about your work and things that we might be interested in as starseeds? Anything at all that comes to mind that you want to share with us about things that you've come to know, uh, being a, a being that was awake upon birth, it sounds like. So just give us anything that we need to know right now. Wow. Um, <laughs> I suppose just that um, there are... Yeah, I mean, as you know, there are so many changes and shifts happening at the moment, and I think people are just becoming more and more transparent and authentic in themselves, and sometimes that can be quite difficult because the people around us might not understand it, and I think it's, at this moment in time now, it's really about stepping into our power and our true selves of who we really are and what we really came here to do, and not trying to hide that to fit in to you know, to the world around us, really. And I think it's it's time to kind of step out and be different and, you know, really go for it now. Um, I know, you know, I talked to my, my Earth Angel friends about this and, and we all sort of, you know, we all still have this sort of fear around, the, you know, coming out of the spiritual closet, as I put it, and really, you know, being ourselves. And I know there's a lot of other people out there who feel the same way. And, and again, that's one of the reasons why, you know, you know, do the talks or do my books because I want people to feel like it's safe to, to you know, to come out and actually be who they really are. And, yeah, I think it's it's trusting that all of these shifts and these changes and the things that might be, you know, falling away from people's lives are is, is for a good reason and to, you know, not, not be afraid of the changes that are happening. You know, after 2012, I really took... Uh, a big look at everything that was happening before and after 2012. And the thing that I discovered was it was like it wasn't about the Mayan calendar so much as it was the awakening of the star seeds on the planet and how people were just waking up right and left. And and it was like an arm came down over a chessboard and threw all the pieces off. And then somehow we star seeds are putting the pieces back on with with different codes of behavior and different codes of living on the planet. So since 2012, I'm really finding the star seeds are coming out from everywhere. You know, when we first put our website together several years ago, you could type in mm-hmm. star seed and maybe one or two things would come up. You type in star seed now, and it's page after page after page, and that's because people are waking up, going to their computers, and just typing in star seed. Maybe they heard it in their sleep overnight or wherever, but mm-hmm. there seems to be a big movement that's happening now here in the States, and not only the States, around the world, because I get emails from people from everywhere, and they're saying to me, oh, I had a dream about starseeds, and and that's how I found you. So are you having these kind of experiences? Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, you know, like I said, I wrote the Athenian Train Academy in 2009, and one of the themes is the reunion of the Twin Flames. So I'd been writing, you know, I wrote that, and then I was writing blog posts about Twin Flames and, and I really realized, you know, really noticed a massive increase in traffic to my blog 
searching on that topic. Yeah. And when I was writing about it, there was nothing out there about it. I was just writing whatever came through. And now, you know, you put in twin flames in the internet and it's just, there's tons of stuff on, on the internet now. And, um, and I even looked at, this is really nerdy and boring, but I even looked at the sort of Google Analytics side of things of search terms. And you can see from the, the charts that the, the search terms, all the different phrases for twin flames have just gone crazy. Um, just literally in the last, yeah, in the last few years. So, so um, what time is it there for you now? It's around midnight, isn't it, or one in the morning? It's, yeah, it's just about 10 to. Oh, my uh, goodness. One. Well, well, we certainly do thank you for staying up so late to, to speak with us. So at this time, I'm going to uh, hand you over to Ariel, my co-host, and she, she may have some people on, on the switchboard that may have questions for you at this time. But we, it's been a delight having you on our show. Be sure and send me the information of your, of your co-host because I'd like to take a look to see if he, he would be interested in coming on our show. And any time that you yeah. have something that you want to announce or come back on, you just send me an email. And, and, uh, and it, even if you just want to come on for five or ten minutes to announce something that you're doing, we would love to have you to do that. Okay? That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I will let you know as soon as the uh, this new idea of mine is up and running. <laughs> Good. So back to you, Ariel. Okay. okay. Well, you know, um, as I was listening to the the interview, um, I started kind of wondering about a few things. Um, and before I start getting into that topic, I will say that if anyone has a, a question or comment, for Michelle, if you are listening on your computer, then you need to dial in 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1 so we know you want to come on the air. If you're already on the switchboard, then all you need to do is press 1, and uh, we will get you on the air to talk to Michelle. But when, when you know, I was listening to you uh, talk, I was wondering, since this information, uh, like you said, with the first Earth Angel Training Academy book, it was just coming through you and you weren't really um, imagining things. You were just um, typing what you were what you were hearing. And I thought, well, I wonder, you know, when you're doing this kind of channeling and writing the books, um, are you, you're learning uh, along with the, the, the readers that would subsequently read uh, I mean, do new concepts come through and you think, oh, wow, that's right. I never thought of it like that. Did that happen yeah, with you? In, in fact, the um, the main character of that book um, is called Velvet, and she's the head of the training academy. And she spends most of the book having absolutely no idea what's going on or what the bigger picture is. And that was because that's how I felt as I was writing it, because I honestly didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going on. And <laughs> I was discovering the story as it was coming through and because when you channel things you don't really take it in it just sort of comes through you and then you forget um most of the time when I write my books I have no recollection of what I've written and that's why I have to write them in in really short bursts in really short periods of time because otherwise I, I forget what's going on and I lose the thread um and there yeah there have been times when I remember uh, one of my readers, um, she was reading one of my books. It was one of the individual stories. And she wrote me this email, and there was a chunk of text and then her comments. 
And it, I got to the fourth chunk of text before I realized that she was quoting from the book because <laughs> I didn't even recognize the words at all. <laughs> um, so I, I think my readers actually know my books better than I do because I just don't kind of keep all of that information in. It just comes through me and then that's it. I've written it down. Once I've written it down, it's, it's, you know, it's on the page. It's not on my head anymore. Yeah, well, that makes complete sense. And so I want to I want to learn more about um, this this format and this concept of the Earth Angel Training Academy. So you're saying that there is um, a place where the um, beings that come to the planet with missions have to have some <clears throat> excuse me some training on how to be human. And mm-hmm. and that I just that's such a, a great concept because I think a lot of star seeds, which um, I mean, essentially, Earth Angel and Star Seeds—it's the same concept of, um, yeah. you know, evolved beings, older souls, uh, souls from from other planets that have come to help and assist. And and a lot of Star Seeds, um, I would think, maybe skipped school <laughs> because they, you know, they they uh, um, have a little bit of trouble with the third dimension. Or you, I mean, the third dimension is so. Um, um, kind of chaotic that any number of, of scenarios could um, emerge that I was like, oh, they didn't cover this one in the manual. So is, mm-hmm. is, this, um, is this series of books helping people that, that, um, that kind of feel like they can't remember their training? Uh, is that the, the one that you, the, the section on remembrance? Is that what yeah, that's well, about? Um, I mean, that's the thing. You know, even though we had training before we got here, you know, you know, everybody got training. It was you still get the the blank slate. You still get you know the clean slate when you're sort of born into a human body. So many of them have forgotten that they had any kind of help or any kind of training. Um, but through read, some people through reading the book have then remembered more um, about what came before. And yeah, the online classes that I've created are kind of to help people cope with being human basically um because you know it's not an easy concept um to get your head around if you know you do things completely differently where you've come from um and another thing that came sort of came to light um in the last few months i've I've got a lot of earth angel friends who seem to have gone through a lot in their lives you know they've gone through pretty much every different human experience you could possibly go through and they're just like, seriously, you know, what's, why, why do I have to go through all of this? And, and one of the ideas that came through was that Earth angels um, who have not been to Earth before or not many times have kind of elected to pretty much experience every possible different type of experience you can have as a human um, to be able to, you know, empathize with other human beings, to be able to, you know, fully experience the human um, human concept. So, yeah, it's almost like they chose to go through everything um, in one go. <laughs> so they, they actually be experiencing several lifetimes worth of, you know, things, um, experiences and major events and everything. And, you know, it does sort of seem like people go through a lot more in, during their lifetimes now than they ever used to years ago. Um, you know, people used to live a fairly, you know, normal sort of happy lives <laughs> with not sort of big dramatic events happening all of the time and a lot of earth angels i know seem to have the dramatic events pretty much all the time 
So. Well, yeah, and that I mean it kind of makes sense. So that in order to be more effective in helping others, you have to really understand what they're going through to help them get across the bridge that you've already crossed. And um, I am noticing that we do have a, a caller um, waiting, so as soon as they get out of the uh, screening room, we'll have a, a caller for you. Uh-oh, Michelle just dropped off again. <laughs> well, um, she'll call right back in. I had a feeling that might happen because that connection started sounding a little a little squirrely. But it is amazing. You know, if she's three, three, how far is England? 3,500 miles away. Um, over the Internet that, you know, we get to have um, her on the show. So <clears throat> I guess while we are waiting to... Um, to get her back. That was a weird sound. Am I still on the air? <laughs> hey, let me let me just ask Vanya. Vanya, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, just just checking. Loud so, clear. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. Um Michelle has dropped off, but I'm sure she'll call right back in. Let me just text her again and uh, in the meantime, um we have a caller um, from 713 that is waiting with a question. So if you would all just please bear with me for a moment. Let me just, oh, no, she's back already. I was just going to text her. So here we go. Let me get that mic open. Hello, Michelle. Thanks for calling back. Are you there? Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Michelle, can you hear me? We don't hear her. Well, okay. Um, I'll continue with that with that texting uh, so, uh, where was I? Well, I think this is fascinating, and and it's it's really another another um, concept of of star seeds that's including more than just star seeds because there are um, devic beings, um, you know, the fairies and the. Um, Elementals, as well as angels and and um, ETs and the whole thing, and they all can fall under this this broad umbrella of Earth Angel. So, Michelle, we can't we can't hear you if you are able to hear us. So you need to call back in. She's it looks like she's still on the switchboard. So, well, hopefully um, she'll get back, and by the time our caller is ready. But, okay, here she's texting me again. Oh, she's calling back again. Okay. Let me get that mic open. I'll close this one and open this one. Okay, are you there, Michelle? Hello. Well, now she's called in. She's, I've got her twice on the switchboard. So uh, let me try this other one. I'm working on it, boys and girls. Hang on. Well, it keeps moving. Okay, she's dropped off again. So, um, well, let me just uh, get this this uh, this call started here, and I'm going to pick up um, on Patricia's line. Hi, Patricia. This is Ariel, and um, while you were uh, talking to Vanya. Um, Michelle got cut off again, 
It's just, oh, now she's back again. Are you there, Patricia? <laughs> yes, hello. <laughs> Good evening. Okay. Um, please be patient with this technology. Um, let me try getting and see if she's back. Okay. Okay, let me get that button clicked. Michelle, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I can hear you. Ah, hallelujah. Okay, you are um, on the air with Patricia, who is a fellow novelist, and um, she has a question for you. So, Patricia, go ahead. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, I published a book uh, several years ago. I'm about four and a half, almost five at this point, and it, it's mostly about healthy eating for a children's picture book and get kids to make the association between the consumption of fresh fruits and vegetables and vitality, good behavior, happiness. But it has a lot of references to some elementals like the fairies and elves and they're pervasive in the pictures throughout the book. And when I wrote it, I wasn't really thinking about all that, but I've had a lot of own, my own personal evolution and development in the past several years since the book was written and, and published and, I've, and I have a lot of other ideas for books, including some that would have to do with other elementals and such. And so I was just really excited and interested to hear more about your idea if you were open to sharing some of it on the platform you had said or the modality you had in mind to, to help authors share each other's and promote each other's books in that realm. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I, I, I literally had the idea just over a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I've been trying to um, to come up with an idea of how authors, and in particular, sort of you know, authors that are writing about spiritual things, and the structure that I've come up with could help in all different areas. It could help artists, it could help musicians, it could help all different ones. And I, I, the one that I envision would. So I'll try and explain the structure, but please forgive me if it's all over the place. I haven't got the website in place yet, but basically there would be a core group um, of people who have books or services to offer, but they also have, um, you know, fairly decent sized platforms. Um, And then each one of them would then basically have a group of authors who want to promote around them. So the only way I can describe it is if you imagine solar system, so the core group are going to be the planets, and they are each going to be responsible, if you like, for a group of moons around the planet. And essentially, to be a member of the collaboration, you are saying that you will promote five people within the collaboration on your platform, whether it's you know writing a review for their book if you read it, or tweeting or sharing one of their quote pictures or interviewing them for your blog. Um, essentially it's like a network for people to um, to collaborate and to promote each other. So there's not going to be any membership fees. It's not the money that people will be making from it um, will be from the, you know, from their own products and services that they're selling more of hopefully because of the visibility. Um, and then outside of the, the planets and the moons will be stars. And these will be people who are the readers and fans of the work of the people that are being, you know, are promoting each other. So then the stars then get to also help with the promotion and there'll be, you know, there'll be giveaways and different things as, as perks basically for being stars. (laughs) 
Um, so I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever. It's um, it's still in its infancy, in its stages of uh, development, and this I haven't, you know, actually approached the people that I imagine would be involved, or but I, I just I can see it as a collaborative network um, of Earth Angels, of writers, of starseeds, of people who want to each promote um, each other's messages. So does that make any sense at all? Yes, 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 I love it. Um, very yeah, interesting analogies, and I'll definitely be looking to forward to seeing how it kind of fleshes out. And yeah, I have, in addition to the book for a while, I mean, Starseed perhaps, if you'll you know, related to this, but what your your description earlier about the Earth Angel, although I've, I've seen Doreen Virtue's Earth Angel book and, you know, they mm-hmm. break down into different categories, but this whole idea of here for a purpose and this obligation to, for me, it's, it's, a, it's an, a pervasive, like a peace and unity for the world. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge thing. Like sometimes I'll start talking to people, you know, I've, I've always held a conventional job and sometimes because I'm in sales, they'll start, you know, talking because that's what you use to learn about people. And I'll tell them my, my interests and my passions. And this one guy recently was saying, well, you just want to save the world, don't you? And I'm thinking to myself, yes, you have no idea. <laughs> it feels like a very big assignment, a very big assignment. It's always been a globe, a globe or a world or an earth that's, that's my symbol. So anyway, that sounds that sounds awesome. I look forward to hearing more about it. I would I would love to be a part of it. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, I can I can sort of I can picture it. I can see how it's all going to sort of work. And you know, it would have to be based as well on results as well. I'd want people who are involved to you know to check their statistics, to check their sales, to make sure it's actually working. You know, it's not it's not going to be something to just do just for the fun of it. It will actually have you know practical. Oh no. Um, side to it so that it does actually because you know there's no point doing it if, it if it's not working for people so yeah so I'm still working on the, the logistics and the ideas around it but um, but I can see it which is always a good thing because whenever I'm creating anything my books included um, I have to see it um, so when I'm writing I can see everything that I'm writing about as if it's like a movie playing in my head so um, so yeah when it comes to creating things then the visual is really important to me so um, but yeah, my, and that was the idea of, you know, of going on the tour around America was to connect with people, um, that, you know, we could collaborate with and to, uh, to create this bigger network. Um, because being an independent author is, you know, it's tough, <laughs> you know, you're trying to do everything for yourself <laughs> and you just, you know, and there's only so much that you can push your own work before you just kind of get a bit tired of it. And, you know, I'm much better at promoting and marketing other people's work than I am at promoting my own. So it's well, yeah, it's and, it's playing on that and, because a lot of Earth Angels are the same. Well, yeah, and beyond just the Earth Angels in general, a friend, a close friend of mine, told me that a very long time ago that in in any context, really, it always it always seems to be more. Um, has a better impact, a more, a much more impact for someone else to be endorsing you. Oh, you know, absolutely. If it's not your husband Every or your time. wife or your sister or your brother, and it's somebody saying, hey, you know, go and talk to him or go and talk to her, that has so much more impact. And I don't know if it's a psychological thing or what it is at, at the root of it, but 
it just does. It just does. And so, yeah, your idea makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, just doing the, the tour, some of the people that I met, they, you know, they read my books and they became so passionate about it that they were literally telling every person that they knew that they absolutely had to buy the the books. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, it, it was nothing to do with me. They were just doing it because they, they loved them that much. And word of mouth is still the most powerful, you know, marketing tool, if you like, you know, it's not, it's not something that you can, you can necessarily manufacture. You can't plan it. You just have to create the best possible thing that you can and then let it happen organically. And that's always been my approach to uh, to marketing, which is why, you know, things have taken as long as they've taken. It feels like a long time. It's not really a long time, um, but it's because it's happened organically and it's it's through people recommending them to, the, to other people. And that's why I think, you know, when people know that, uh, you know, there's no sort of financial sort of stuff involved, there's no money involved. It's It's literally about, you know, and the thing with the network as well is that, nobody would have to promote anybody in the network that they didn't actually really like their work. That would be really important to me. It has to resonate. Mm. You know, you're not mm-hmm. going to be sort of made to promote something that doesn't resonate with you. Um, and that's, yeah, that's really important to me because I don't like, I don't like fake marketing speak. <laughs> you know, I don't like um, sort of reviews that are like, oh my goodness, I promised to do this review. So like, here it is. You know that that doesn't make any sense to me. I'd, I'd rather not have those reviews or those endorsements um, because they don't feel genuine. You know. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, I look forward to hearing more about it. So we should just um, keep keep uh, an eye on your site or to hear more. Yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll announce it as well on on this radio show as well if that's uh, that's cool when it's up and running. Um, but it's Excellent. it's something that I'm desperate to get going, so it will be it will be as soon as possible. Okay, very good. Thank well, you. Well, that's well, great. That's great. And Patricia, thank you so much for calling in, and um, good luck with your book. And keep an eye on Michelle's website, which is michellegordon.co.uk. And um, you also have a YouTube channel, right, Michelle? And uh, is your blog on the on the website? Uh, yeah, you can get to the blog through my website, yeah. Okay, excellent. So there you have it, Patricia. Great, thank you. Bye-bye. You're so welcome. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. So, um, Michelle, do you have uh, other um, contact areas where people, you know, whether it's, you know, Facebook or any of those social media things, do you do you maintain those as well? Yeah, absolutely. I have a Facebook page, Twitter, um, slightly addicted to Instagram, but obviously that's not a great place to chat. It's a bit more difficult. Um, um, yeah, Facebook is probably the main channel that people get in touch or contact me or through email as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty accessible online and it's all manned by myself. So I see all the messages and reply to the messages. And if I don't reply straight away, then, um, you know, it's just because I'm getting through all the messages that have been uh, lining up in the last nine weeks mm-hmm. away because I haven't really uh, kept up to date with everything. So, um, but yeah, if people message me and they don't get a response, then just message again because chances are I might just might not have had it. Um, but um, yeah, Facebook is probably the, the easiest way to get a hold of me. Okay, well this is excellent, and um, I want to thank you so much for 
coming on our show and for the work that you do and for you know your idea about helping other authors because there are so many um authors uh with spiritual kinds of material and mm-hmm. it is it is difficult you know um uh, with with mainstream publishing um because they will edit they will change it and mm-hmm. it's really it, it's more it might be um a little more challenging to to be independent but the, you can preserve the um the 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 pureness or the the integrity of your work uh if you if you're in charge you know so there is there is that um very very um strong motivation to to be an independent author and it's so easy i mean with the internet uh it's really easy to reach out uh and there's you know all kinds of outlets and things that like that, which I'm sure you will have incorporated when you come up with your um, with your network. Do you have a name for it? Your your independent author support network. <laughs> I have a few kind of working titles at the moment, but um, the uh-huh. the kind of the people that I want to be involved is the sort of like core group because I don't want to run it by myself. Um, I want it to be again a collaborative effort. So. I'm uh, I'm working on getting them all together so that we can uh, that we can decide on that. Um, so yeah, but I, it's going to have a kind of planetary theme probably, just because it's like creating a little mini universe um, or solar system of our own. So um, it's yeah, it's going to be along that sort of theme, which is um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But yes, I will be announcing it as soon as I as soon as I can. It's um, like I said, I've just been catching up with everything that uh, piled up while I was away, and oh, um, yeah, it does and pile be... up. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's amazing how many how many emails and things that you uh, yeah um, <laughs> that you have waiting when you get back. And I've I've not really taken that amount of time out from all of the the publishing work and my own books before. Um, you know, I've I've been pretty much just on it for the last five years, so. Um, taking that much time out means that uh, I've got so many more new ideas of things that I want to create, and um, yeah, I just got to catch up with everything first before I can do the fun stuff. Right. Well, yeah, and first things first, uh, you got to get over the jet lag and the and the and the time changes and all of that. But we are so glad that you are on the planet doing the work that you're doing. You're awake. You're on time. And from our little um, private conversation this afternoon, you are in complete alignment with your star markings, which are very, very many. Um, so yes, you are you're on it, and we are happy about that. <laughs> so I want to <laughs> yeah. I want to thank you so much for staying up so late to be with us and in, in our audience. And um, once again, your website is. Michelle, that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Gordon, dot C-O dot U-K. And you can Mm -hmm. also find Michelle on Facebook, on YouTube, um, Twitter, however, wherever you want to uh, um, go to to connect. If you've got a book, if you want to um, order her books, now your books are available obviously through your website. Um, Do you you have them on, on Amazon or other um, mass distribu- distribution places like that? Yep, they're all available on Amazon in paperback and on Kindle. And then they're also on um, Smashwords. So they're also available through 
PI Bookstore and for Nook and Kobo as well. Excellent. Well, it looks like you've got a lot of the bases already covered. So um, we will just envision you achieving all of your goals with ease and grace and empowering untold numbers of people, waking them up. And we're just happy that you're part of our family now. It's, yeah, thank you very much. It's um, Yeah, the ease and grace would be quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> ease and grace, that's right. Yeah, well, Michelle, thank you so much. Yes, keep repeating that. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. And uh, we're going to wrap it up now, and I want to thank everyone listening, and especially to our wonderful staff, Fanya, Fiona, Lavendar, Anastasia, and myself. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back next week. And until we meet again, remember to count your blessings every day and live in grace. Good night, everyone. Good night. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 